Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This week on Brub Eats World. Obviously, we've been watching this show for, what, seven seasons? So right. we as viewers are like, oh, we love Sean and Angela, and we would love for them to get back. But we know the story, you know? He doesn't. So the fact that he's so gung-ho about this and... He's yelling at her. Did he, he, he? Did he yell at her at the end? Like that was chill. so weird for me. He was like, you know, we don't surrender, and I was just like, this is a wild take to take right now. Your <laughs> yeah, daughter is clearly like, um... sensitive and agitated. When this boy meets world. What up, bros? What up, bros? And welcome to Brown Meets World. When this Brown Meets World, your boy meets world fan cast. I'm Siege. And I am Tony Curtis. What's up, Good Kurt? You know, I'm chilling. I'm having a good time. We're getting close to the holidays. Things are kind of just like, I'm getting to that phase of like end of December where I just don't feel like doing anything. Like I've worked enough this year. Yeah. Like I just want to <laughs> chill. Exactly. So that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm in my cozy. I'm in my hoodie. And this is how I plan to stay until January 1st. I forgot what it was. But something was like, we're getting to that. Let's circle back to this in the new year time 100%. of year and it's like yeah no why are you trying to make decisions right now yeah <laughs> absolutely this can wait till q1 said, this can wait till q1 that's exactly how i feel that we're <laughs> in right now um also we are recording on writer's birthday oh happy birthday writer strong happy birthday writer strong Friend of the pod. Friend, friend of us. Friend of friend us. Of us. <laughs> Last time we talked to them, we were like, oh, we don't want to bother you. They're like, you guys are our friends. Please bother us. And I was just exactly. like, ah. Ryder Strong and I are BFF, just like I dreamed of when I was 12 years old. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a little warning announcement. You guys, as I said, always, you've been very uh, active, reaching out with us on socials, giving us your opinions, all the things. Uh, user Denbro710 pointed out that it's Rhiannon is the name of a song by Fleetwood Mac. And they were like, if you listen to that song, you will know how to say her name. So wow. that is what she is named after. That will help with the pronunciation. So it's Rhiannon and not Rerate. So <laughs> you guys, we have a lot on the show this week. Uh, we also, at the end of this episode, will have a quick interview with Nettie Smith. If you guys remember, she had joined us earlier on one of our earlier seasons. She is from the Oh Hell Yes podcast. And Nettie Smith is joining us to give her opinions on Angela's Man. So make sure that you stay to the end and listen to that. Uh, okay. And if you guys want to share your thoughts on the show or if you have corrections, or questions or anything like that, make sure you reach out to us at World at gmail.com or at World on all the places. And uh, you guys, we have a lot going on this episode. I am really excited. Before we get into it, T, before we get into it, what were your like experience with this episode? Because I had said earlier that we were doing Angela's Men and you were like, uh. you so know what? I think. <laughs> My impression, because I did say that last week, I was like, yeah. eh. but I think that was more based off of the first two episodes that we watched. I actually 
really enjoyed this episode. We're going to get to the nitty grits. Lots of nitty grits. grits. (laughs) Those cheesy ass grits, but I enjoyed this episode. I liked it more than I thought I did. I thought it really um, gave some background to Angela that we've been asking for. We've seen some connections between Angela and Topanga that we've been asking for. So just a lot of things that I feel like are long overdue. And um, yeah, we'll get into it. But ultimately, I I didn't mind this episode. Topangela. They came up with it last week. And I'm like, I'm calling it. I'm using it. Topangela. But yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, Before we do, you guys, as you know, we have a Patreon. Make sure that you're going over there. If you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure that you go check us out there. Hit subscribe. Um, And if you're listening to us on your phone, hi. And hit that follow and subscribe. You guys, we know you hate it. We hate it. But we all got to do it. So um, we will now get into the talking about it. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. 703. Let's, uh, let's tell me about it. <clears throat> tell us about it. Angela's dad is back in town. Shows up to recruit a few good men, but ends up recruiting Sean as Angela's boyfriend. I like it. Okay. Okay. I did notice we didn't have any mention of the B storyline, but <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> okay, you guys, this is season seven, episode three, Angela's Men. Angela's father comes to visit her, helping her reconcile with Sean in a B storyline. Eric plans his revenge on Topanga. That's it. I made it is short. Is that and sweet. what that B storyline was? That's what it's supposed to be. Uh, starting off, we have roll call with Julius Carey uh, playing Sergeant Moore, Angela's dad. But for those, you, of hold you... on, yeah, pause, pause, pause. <laughs> because I myself, as soon as I saw this, we, I, I said, oh, it's not Tony Todd. Yeah, <laughs> I remember if you that. guys remember from our season five episode where Julius comes in as the professor for uh, the college professor that Sean sneaks into the classroom for, um, I thought he was famed Candyman and actor Tony Todd. Was not. Was Julius? What's his last name? Julius Carey. Julius Carey. Um, he did a great job. Great yes. job again. Uh, I actually like. I liked him, and I can see why they brought him back because he actually did bring this role. Um, like I, I, for some reason, I felt comfortable with him. Unlike the previous episodes where we met Topanga's parents, where you're just like, who are these people? Yeah. This man felt like he had a history with Angela. I understood He felt like an actual father. He felt like, (laughs) like it was, it was interesting. I have some problems with where we go decision and story wise, but I did like him. And I just wanted to call him out because he's a really great character actor who was like in many shows of the nineties. He sadly passed away in 2008. So, oh, I'll say it uh, so. Exactly. Um, all the good ones are gone. But anyway, wow. wanted to shout him out because he did a really great job. He has been acting for years, and we he also really... had great chemistry with our bo- birthday boy, Ryder Strong. He did. This this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right, so let's just get into the A storyline, uh, which is interesting because the A storyline allows us to pivot from Corey as the boy, the central boy, to Sean. Um, But my problem with that is that Sean has a lot of Corey's mannerisms in this episode. And I'm like, what are we doing? (laughs) 
How do you did you feel differently? What where are you at? What I felt was when we were okay, so when we reviewed the season finale of six, when we reviewed the season episodes one and two, the entire time I was like, Oh, you know what? I don't mind this lesson, but this doesn't feel like a lesson Corey and Topanga need to learn. Yeah. Now that I'm watching episode three, I'm like, oh, this is who these lessons should have been directed to. That's because really the good idea point. that Angela is the one who needs to learn that you are not your mother and you are you you're not going to repeat your mother's mistakes in a relationship is the thing that they tried to push on Topanga. And I don't feel like they did it as successfully with her. So now it just seems like Angela and Topanga and Corey and Sean all just have the same motivations instead of having individual ones. And it just feels a little lazy to me. I appreciate that it's there for Angela and Sean, but it doesn't need to be this for Corey and Topanga. And I didn't realize how to articulate that until I saw this episode. So I will agree with you. You pointed out something I didn't think about. Even if we had kind of done some of the storylines that we've done in the last three episodes. They wouldn't really make sense for Sean and Angela, but like if we had maybe made it to where they were trying to learn these lessons in different ways, you're right, that would make more sense. Um, This episode, I like, I want to start off by saying I like this episode. I thought that we do get some character development. We have a lot of kernels of really good ideas. Like starting off with three girls in an apartment is like, okay. But also we don't see these three characters hang out together very often. And they should. They're in college together. They are uh, three females uh, surrounded by four men. So they would... Like, not that they are required to bond, but, like, it feels more natural that they would, you know, have solidarity. They've now living together. And that feels like we're on the right track, but it also feels like this episode takes it nowhere. I love the three girls getting together. They do nothing with that storyline. In fact, they immediately throw Sean into the mix to take away from the fact that three single women are together. We don't even get an episode of it. In fact, I really feel like this should have been the plot of last week's episode a little bit because yeah. I feel like the whole Eric kind of peeking over Topanga's shoulder like that. I was like, Oh, I, you know what? This is fun. I can do this. Like, obviously that's a different storyline and we'll get to that one. But just this idea that there were elements of this episode that I wish were in episode two, such as the girls getting together as a threesome living together, seeing what that dynamics is like. What if they all like were like fighting to get into this apartment together and then they started realizing, oh, I don't really like living with Rachel. I don't really like living with, you know what I mean? Like have something where we see some development as this threesome, but to just introduce them as three girls living together and then that be the only thing about that that's even ha- that happens in this episode is just acknowledging it yeah. feels like we're getting cheaped out of a storyline that we should have that also you know what like I, I like what you said i would have liked to pull the fight because it actually would make more sense for them to be having the fight now yeah and all of this stuff while angela's dealing with her parents and sean like that actually makes way more sense just storyline wise than where we had it placed and this whole taking up so much time of the B storyline, which we will get into, but like, I just like, that's a whole other conversation. I did want to say uh, watching this in the very first scene, uh, Trina is giving me like scary spice. She has like the uh, leopard pants and like, really... I think she looks great. 
I think I, she she's was great. I love it. I think it. she's I done having crazy. kids and she's just like, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling myself. Exactly. Let's bring that up. The, the hair is herring. Like yeah. she's looking good. And also, can I just say, I love an Angela story. I don't think I've ever been given an Angela episode where I was just like, oh, I didn't want that. It's like, no, I want more of this. She is a central character. Like, let's understand her motivations for things. I love that we dived into her history with her mom this episode. Like these are things that are long overdue. Well, as you said, I think the problem is that they're long overdue. But I do like that we're getting them. And I even liked how, like, they do give Trina and the character, like, some authenticity in the idea of when Sean and Corey first come to the door. And, again, Sean is picking up a little bit of Coreyisms where he's, like, just loves Minton. She's like, I don't want to hear the words I love or you. And he's like, I love her you too. Funny joke. But, like, it's becoming a little, like... It, it is unwanted attention. It is unwanted love. You're not listening to her. It's so and, weird the way they paint this thing because they make it seem like the girls are like, isn't it so cute that they keep doing this? And it's like, is it though? But do they see it as that? Do they see it as isn't this There's cute? just this little smirk or smile. Even like Topanga has it throughout the episode. It's just like, oh yeah, you're, you're next. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just feels like there is such a forgiveness for these boys who are clearly annoying the shit out of these girls and coming at them the wrong way with how they should rekindle this relationship. See, I disagree. I feel like Angela's very steadfast and um, she knows that she's like, no, I don't want, She's she is purely annoyed by this. She yeah. doesn't find it cute. She finds it annoying and she is saying to him, we're not getting together. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. Please stop. And I say all that to say, Sean was just being like, but I know because I love you and I know you, you love me. And it's like this, again, yeah. it feels very, it felt very written as Corey. And That's I was what like, I, I mean. Like I can't Sean tell the difference between them as a character anymore. They have the same motivation. Sean is, I know what love is, even if you don't know what love is. And I'm going to be so persistent to prove to you that we're meant to be together. How is that different than Corey? Okay. So, but then... She shuts the door on his face and the knocking does again. And I liked this. I liked this turn of her being like, look, I said I didn't want it. Opening the door. It's her dad. And then she Mm -hmm. goes, daddy. And I was like, yes, I like this. It feels very lived in. I feel like their history, her comfort, her comfort level with Julius makes you comfortable with him. And he even kind of acknowledges that these white boys are at the foot of his daughter's door. And like, what are these people doing here? Mm And I like we get an explanation that actually makes sense. And I'm actually like, why couldn't we do this earlier? But we are doing it now. And I will give it grace for actually making every decision in the beginning make sense. The boys are still there. This yeah. is how they meet Angela's father. This is what's going on. So keep on. I was just going to say that I found Sean to be a little obnoxious at the beginning of this episode, but not nearly as much as Corey. And even though I related them to have the same motivations and the same drive and almost to be written identical, I was like, why is it that when Sean says like, um, no, sir, she loves me. Why, why does that feel less like, intense than when Corey says it and I I don't know if there's a good answer I just for me there was something about it where it was just like it doesn't feel like Sean is trying to do this in a way to like like I don't know maybe you can tell me if you read this I would say that 
I don't know if he was doing all this to manipulate Angela. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But to me, it felt like Sean was, it made sense for Sean to feel like I have nothing else. Here's a man who is giving me purpose. He's giving me aspirations. Even if I can't get with his daughter, he's kind of telling me some other things that I can maybe do with my life that would give me purpose. This makes sense to me in the way that it doesn't feel like he's doing this solely to get with Angela. That That's just my impression of it. Okay, two things. One, classic you. You're moving ahead. I hate you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but to answer your question, I think it's in the way that writer plays it. I yeah. think that there's a vulnerability to writer that I'm not going to lie. The actions are still manipulation, even if they're not as pointed manipulation as Corey's would be. There's a sincerity to writer that mm-hmm. makes what is in fact manipulation you are in fact trying to get our attention you are in fact even though it's like it, there are follow-up reasons mm-hmm. it is played out you admit later on that you are doing this to kind of win her back so for that i will say it is forcing angela to have a conversation angela doesn't want to have with a person she doesn't want to have it with sure but their way that Ryder plays it is so sincere, whereas the way that uh, Ben plays it is more like, no, entitled. It's entitled. Yes, you know 100%. And that's and that's that's just the difference to me. Um, but as we meet Sergeant Moore and he's talking to the boys, he has really like a fun rapport with the boys. And I think he has great chemistry with uh, Sean great chemistry with Eric, great chemistry with Feeney. Like, I think yes. he's great throughout. Um, I wish we got more of him. Like, I think he fits in well with the cast. Maybe that's why he was invited back because of his yeah. chemistry with Ryder. Um, Cause he worked so closely with Ryder in his first episode that he did with us in season five. five. Um, the one thing that I just was like, what the fuck is this is literally everyone signing up for ROTC in the oh, middle. You're moving of... for it. You're moving for it. You're moving for it. But let's move it back because we're going to, we're going to talk about that. The reason why I say this is because we have to talk about the fact that Rachel comes in and she does what any person would do. Where's not mm. any person, but she goes, where's mm. Mrs. Moore. And right. they establish that Mrs. Moore is no longer in the picture. And they also establish that Topanga knows this, but Rachel does not. And they're like, they're just kind of like being like, Rachel, cut it out. No, and I'm like, but yeah. this, Rachel's asking very obvious questions. Is it Rachel's fault that Angela did not tell her about her parents? <laughs> yeah. Like that's and something I, that you pull Rachel aside for. You know what I'm saying? And what? what I love is I love Angela saying, no, I don't want to talk about it because it's Topanga. Like she really tries to brush it off as like, a, oh, I'm. I, it's not that I'm uncomfortable with this. It's just that Topanga's parents are going through this. So it would just be kinder if we all just don't talk about this right now. I just thought that played off really well for me. Well, I also like that it's very obviously a lie. Like yeah. there are things that she is saying where she is very much deflecting and she is like, daddy, you know, she's trying to balance two worlds where she's like, I'm I'm a good friend to yeah. Topanga, which I do like the Topangela aspect of it. I like this idea and this moment and this thesis that they get us, give us, which is Angela being like, hey, I'm single and Topanga's single for the first time in a while. And we are now a trio of three single women who will be able to get through this year together mm-hmm. they immediately ripped that away from us but i do like the idea Maybe. of it and i like to see angela and topanga actually being friends and i would have mm-hmm. loved to see more of that yeah 
Oh, well, I'm again, I'm just really glad that we're kind of touching on Angela's mom because I feel like that's something that's been hinted at in the past that Angela's had commitment issues. And I feel like Trina's always done a great job of playing this through her character, even though she's been giving such little like crumbs throughout the episodes to work with. She's been able to really show us that she has this, even before I like we were like really introduced to Sergeant Moore. You could tell there was like a little bit of close, like silent beef between Correct. them and the Correct. way that she was playing it. And I thought she did a really good job of showing us that there's more happening that's being said here, even though we're just introduced to them. This was my complaint when we were introduced to Topanga's parents last week. I was like, there's supposed to be history here, but there's a, it feels like they just met. That does, that's not the case with Sergeant Moore and Angela. It feels like there's history and there's a little bit of like beef that's under Correct. the surface yeah there's more to the moors is that what you're there's saying? more to the moors <laughs> and actually i completely agree with you in the idea that um again first of all i there's so much i don't want to talk about this episode but specifically when he comes in she's he says i'm here at your school to recruit and she goes so not to see me and he goes Oh, well, in addition to seeing you, and I was like, actually, she does feel like the afterthought in this situation. Yeah, It does feel very much like, no, you came to recruit, which is why once that, that storyline is over, you leave. Because you were never here for her, you were here to recruit. And for Angela to be the way that she is, it kind of makes sense for her to look at her father and be like, oh, you didn't even really come here for me, did you? And I, yeah. again, like you said, there was just more there. And I really liked that idea, uh, even though I don't like the idea of uh, the military coming to college campuses to recruit. Um, and there even seems to be uh, some problem with Angela about that, about mm -hmm. the fact that her father's here to recruit at her own school. So, yeah. Also, just to throw this out there, and I had to Google this because I'm not a military man myself. Yeah. But they say that Mr. Moore is a master sergeant, which is a very high ranking officer. Yeah, he is at a state school doing ROTC recruitment. Exactly. Something happened with, <laughs> something happened with Sergeant Moore that he got this assignment, y'all. Uh, he's being punished. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he you know, did it to see Angela, but that didn't seem like that was the thing that happened well let's talk about that little thing a little bit because um with agent moore sergeant moore he comes in he is here to do an rotc program which i'm not gonna lie i want to give credit to this um writer called um let's see if i can find your name uh actually the website itself is just uh boy meets world reviewed.blogspot um it's a guy who does boy meets world reviews he's done them for years his name is sean and he pointed out that Jack, of all people, should be able to, like, keep up with yeah. this ROTC program. But they paint it like the only person is Sean, which, again, it's like Sean and Jack are brothers. So it would just make sense for the Hunter boys to kind of be good at this. Or even for Jack to kind of have some interaction with right. his This brother. is my main complaint. <laughs> I don't see why the entire central cast and, like, all these people showed up for this class that they clearly had no interest in. Like, yes. you said it yourself. Like, we are shown Jack to be clearly muscular, yeah. yet incapable of out-pushing Sean Hunter. Correct. Like, who, who admits to just eating 
burgers and fries. You right. know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for it. And I, I, that's why I was just like, there's humor in this. Like, the whole, like, hey, you know, they came back with burgers and fries when they were supposed to be running. Like, I like the jokes of it. But realistically, if it was just Sean that showed up to this recruitment thing, it would have worked the same. Absolutely. It would have made much more sense than all of these people just in the background struggling for this class that's not a requirement because they're in college. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, <laughs> it feels weird because it does feel like it's a requirement for some reason. Everyone show everyone in the school shows up, but everyone also took the test, but everyone's relieved relieved that they are no longer required to attend ROTC. And I just kind of wrote this and I was like, are we in, is this in favor of the military or not? And I don't walk away with any feeling of what, whether the show is pro the military or not. And I know we're getting really deep into politics, but that's what we do here. And what I mean by that is this show has him come to recruit, but also shows that barely anyone is into being recruited, but then also shows Sean signed up for being recruited, but then also wants Sean to not go. What well, is the purpose of this? It shows Sergeant Moore <laughs> saying, I, I don't want him in the army because I like him, which I thought was interesting. So exactly. It's like, so who are you trying to recruit then? Exactly. Who, who are you trying, trying to, recruit? to recruit? Who is this for? And by the way, you're going to tell me on this college campus, even though I like the idea that no one did, you're telling me no one else out of the entire school. You didn't get like a few. You didn't have you. He could have said, I got like what I needed and I need to leave. You have him leave with zero students, which yeah. was the reason why he came. It's very weird. Also, something like just on continuality is Feeney mentions that he was in the Navy. We get a funny joke from Eric, but Feeney mentions that he was in the Navy. We know that Alan was in the Navy. We have a Sergeant Moore here. You would think that there would be some conversation about bonding over military experience or something, you know, like I just expect you to acknowledge what people would acknowledge if you put them in the room and they had shared history. Yeah. That's what I'm at. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There's no reason why George wouldn't strike up a conversation about his time in the Navy. It seems like something he would be excited to talk about. And again, like you will throw Alan in the most random places for no reason. Yeah. Again, Angela's father is a military guy, and Alan talks fondly of his time in the Navy. Like, this is where I want to see Rusty, you yeah. know, <laughs> have him show up and push Corey to like at least try out for the ROTC or something like that. That again, we have the dads bonding. We show that they can get along. Um, the idea that Sean doesn't have a father actually comes up and it's relevant again. Like that was kind of my whole thing with this because we're doing a lot of telling and not showing. I felt the same way with the ROTC test. Like we hear uh, Sergeant Moore say that Sean has been doing amazingly and that everyone else has failed the test. But we only get the after of all of this. Well, we also get everyone cheering when he says everyone else, everyone has resigned from the class. Yeah. So it's like, why did any of them sign up to begin with? What's exactly. really funny is when uh, uh, Corey says something to Sean in the beginning about like, oh, why would anyone, why would we do this? Uh, Sergeant Moore goes, is anyone unhappy with how their life is going? And everyone raises their hand. And I was like, oh, 
Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. That is an interesting question to ask a group of kids at a transitional point in their life as a way to segue them into the commitment into the US military. Correct. Interesting. It just felt like when you're watching like commercials that late and it's like, are you tired? Do you struggle with life? Do you, you know, do you get anxious? It's just like, you're just going to keep listing things that anyone can go on board with until I say yes. Is the vibe I got from that whole thing. Absolutely. And then I went like, it led me down a deep rabbit hole of like looking at all these army recruiter videos because they are talking, there's this great one that I'll give you the link to that was talking about like, just like the predatory practices that army recruiters go through and like lying and getting people and telling them things. And then there's a whole bunch of TikToks of army recruiters, uh, sorry, of people asking actual military personnel if you could say anything to your army recruiter, what would you say? And a lot of it's not good. Yep. Um, and so I just, again, I watched this and I it felt predatory to me and it felt, uh, but also like when Sean shows up and he's like, hey, I've enlisted in the military. It's so <laughs> wild. This is an ROTC. He's trying to recruit people for a college <laughs> program. He's not even recruiting for the army. How did this happen? Yeah, but to that point, First of all, Sean gets the suit way too fast. Um, <laughs> they, just wanted, like, they love a costume moment on the show. That's it. And to be fair, <laughs> if you want a turned on by Hunter moment. Turned Sean, on by Hunter. Ooh. Sean Hunter looking good in his uniform. He mm. looks good. I'm not going to take that away from him. But him coming in in that uniform, um, I was like, if you signed up for the Army, I don't think they just let you out. Like, I don't think you can, like, sign up for it and then just back away from it. You know what I mean? What did he think he signed up for? That he was like, exactly. yeah, I, I enlisted. <laughs> it feels but like I, that's a long-term commitment. But when Angela looks at it, she looks at it. Um, she looks at her dad as she walks away. And again, to me, it was just like, how could you do this to him? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and that's that's kind of like what I was feeling about the whole situation. I also we kind of like um, leapfrogged over this point, but like the moment where. Angela comes in and I'll say she comes and they make up a good reason. She's there to have dinner with her dad. She sees that um, Sean is the only recruit that's still outlasting. And she goes, you can't get to me through him. I loved that point because I'm not saying that that's only what he was doing, but men try to do this all the time where they were like, Oh, if you're not going to, if you keep saying no to me, then I'm going to get in close to the people around you. And then you'll have to consider me. And I like the angel was like, look, I said, no, leave it. This is a uh, callback to uh, what well, the first thing that popped in my head was coming to America. It was <laughs> like, boy, you want to get in good with the girl. You got to get in good with the dad. Like that. Yeah, that's exactly. just when it came out. And I feel like that was just kind of classic advice that was given as supposed to be this very gentlemanly way of like winning a girl over. But it feels antiquated. But I, I, I do remember as soon as that happened, I was just like, oh, I do remember that being like a thing that people were would say back in the day of just like, oh, you got to get close to her dad. Yeah, but either way, that's that's the manipulation part. That's the part that I have a problem with. And then also, he goes, like, Sergeant Moore goes to Angela and says, he says that you're in love with him. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, I don't know why he would say that, because that's not true. And then they have this whole back and forth about... No Angela. one believes Angela when she says she's not in love with him. <laughs> no and one takes is, her word for it. <laughs> this is the problem that I had. It's pointed out that, like, Angela... <clears throat> Angela's father should believe Angela. You met this boy yesterday. 
for all you know, he's a stalker. And he likes Sean way too fast. I'm not saying that he could like Ryder's very charming. I get that. But either way, you met her yesterday. And the idea that you met her yesterday and she is not her. You met him yesterday. He is your daughter's ex. He is telling you that your daughter doesn't know what she's talking about. And she is telling you, I don't want to be around him. Daddy, he is the past. Let's move on. The fact that everyone turns against Angela, this is how you know that there are male writers. It doesn't feel accurate. It doesn't feel like what a father should or would do. That's yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I do really enjoy the scene in the ROTC, like, class, where Sean's trying to do the push-ups, and Sergeant Moore is like, you know, uh, why are you trying to impress me so much? Don't you have your own dad to impress? And he's like, my dad's dead, sir. And he was like, well, what about your mom? And he's like, my mom's gone, sir. And then he's like, hey, let's just talk for a second. And the reason why I like this moment is because when Sean starts talking to Sergeant Moore, it sounds as if... Sean has processed his trauma in a healthy way. He's able to very calmly say, hey, um, my mom left. It tore my dad apart. My family never recovered. And I was never able to trust the relationship again until Angela, which feels like something someone gets to through therapy. It just feels like he was able to clearly communicate that. One thing I just want to point out about this whole storyline that kind of bugs me from a, a world building perspective is Sean says, my mom left us twice. What we remember the last time we were introduced to Sean, Fishing we for Verna, <laughs> season four, is that she returns to be a very loving, caring, and present figure in Sean's life. She encourages Chet to get a job. She's proud of him. We're seeing them build a family together. She wants to host Thanksgiving with the Matthews. And then after that Thanksgiving, we just never see or hear from her again until where we find out oh yeah she left again and so right. i was just like uh, i mean it's fine like i get it it works for the scene for you know him to bring it up during this time where she, you know obviously she, angela's mom left so there's that connective tissue but i just wish from a from a world building perspective we had heard more about that it had been mentioned once or twice about his mom leaving again after like coming and establishing like hey i'm not going to leave this time because that's what the whole season four reunion of her coming back was was like hey her chet and sean are gonna be a family and then the matthews came over for thanksgiving thought it was too poor and we never went back <laughs> <laughs> thought it was too poor <laughs> like and that's the last we saw of them so it was just crazy absolutely they had to eat on those um dollar store plates and they were like never again <laughs> but no, yeah, no no in reality i agree with you i am just in the sense of um it would have been nice to have again in the last few episodes we've been talking about parent issues mm -hmm. so if Sean would have like sprinkled out some of this and we would have learned some more about Verna other than what we're getting right now in this moment, it would feel more natural. And again, the history that we have as an audience with Verna is different from the story that we're being told. And okay, your mom left twice. That's very interesting. I have a further note to that because what we get to, this is, the, this is really my core issue with this storyline. Sean is like, I love you. And just like, I can't love you. I can't love you. I don't love you because I can't love you. And that becomes a thing. And then um, Sergeant Moore comes to the apartment and is having a conversation with um, Angela. And well, before this, I will say, 
we have Sergeant Moore have a conversation with Feeney. Feeney tells him really good things about Sean. And I like Can I say something about that scene is yeah. that uh, he's like, hey, tell me what you know about this Hunter kid. Yeah. And Feeney really just says like really glowing things about Sean. Like he's such a fine young man. He's overcome so much. Up pops Corey out of nowhere being like, hey, hey, talk to him about me. What about me? Say nice yeah. things about me. And yeah. I'm just like, this is all Corey is good for in this whole episode. This being like, hey, remember me? I still want attention. And I'm just like, I've, I'm so annoyed with him as a character. Like, this, it, it, it was uh, a moment where Sean could have had attention on him that was just stolen away by Corey for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. And it feels very much, um, it feels very much like Corey to be like, hey, what about me? But I do like that Feeney just kind of ignores because <laughs> yeah. he's well-practiced in this. And then he um, focuses on Sean and the the good qualities of Sean. Yeah. Every, reasons why Feeney thinks that the father should take a second look at the situation. And this makes sense. If, and I love like just the kind of rapport and the comfort that you have between these two figures because Sergeant Moore and Feeney have great chemistry and I feel yeah. like there's respect there and I feel like like they both trust each other even though they don't really have an established history within the show. Sure. And the idea that Feeney would go to or would vouch for Sean carries weight with Sergeant Moore. I like that. Yeah. But I don't like the idea that before we even get this scene, it seems like Sergeant Moore is already on Sean's side. When, yeah. of course, we've talked about this. And then we find out that Sean has signed up for the army. Angela's upset because she was like, I hope you, I think you two will be very happy. And I like this idea of like, this still, this didn't work. This you know, not- you know what didn't work for me about that is, Sean goes up to Corey and he's like, because Corey's like, oh, you know, if you if you want me to enlist with you, I will. And then Sean's like, you know what? Really, there's nothing here for me. Like, my parents are dead, like all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? I get that. But Sean being recruited into the military feels more of a season six storyline when he was lost, when he was wondering before he came back and he was like, you know what? I've explored the world and I've realized this is where I belong. Him being so easily recruited by the military as like, actually, you don't have shit. You need to join us. And him being like, maybe you're right. Feels like a step backwards from his progression that he made last season to me. I disagree. I disagree because I'm going to say it makes sense in reality in the world that they painted it makes sense that Sean would look into the army. Like we know that Sean doesn't come for money. Is Jack paying for school? You know, like we know he doesn't have scholarships. So it's like, who's paying for his schooling? The idea that the military could be a way for him to like continue his education or the thing that Sean is known to want to do. And in Girl Meets World is seen having done, i.e. travel the world, military, um, the idea of structure and stability and all these other, it makes sense to me, even though, again, I want to say I don't like the practice of recruiting on college campuses for someone like Sean, it makes sense that he would take a look into the military and take a look, maybe enlist. Well, again, the enlisting is like a, such a huge leap. And the fact that we enlist and then the Sergeant himself is like, See, that's what I, I'm talking about. Him is... considering it makes total sense. Him being like, oh, no, I've enlisted. I'm on board. I've signed my name in blood. Like, this is it. I was just like, that's extreme. Yeah, exactly. And that's my whole thing. That's my problem with it is the idea is like, once you sign, I don't think you can unsign. So that's kind of like the real problem that I had with it. But the idea of 
of Sean considering the military absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, so we're getting, I, we needed all of that for me to get to the point that I said was like the real core issue that I have with this episode. And that is that we find out Sergeant Moore goes to the house and says, hey, we need to have a conversation about your mom. And Angela yeah. says, I do not want to have this conversation mm-hmm. in front of Sean. And the dad continues. And I was like, no, Angela's absolutely right to say this is a family conversation. Sean does not need to be a part of it. And in reality, there's no reason for Sean to be there. You could still do this exact same scene and episode and remove Sean from it. And it at least gives Angela agency. It gives Angela respect. And it allows Angela to actually go to Sean in a way that's more meaningful than Sean is just there when she has this breakthrough. I was going to say, uh, the scene sets it up as if uh, Sergeant Moore brings Sean there specifically for this conversation. It's like, there's no other reason for Sean to be there other than for Sergeant Moore was like, hey, just so you know, I want to have a conversation about your mother. And Sean is there and his whole thing. And like they're forcing this conversation on Angela in a way where she's just like, dude, I'm just not trying to talk about this with him here. I'm not right. trying to talk about this right now. Like and there was a point where I was expecting Angela to say something like, dude, you are never here. And now you show up and you want to talk about some shit that I don't want to talk about. Like, what? why wasn't that the moment where it was like we get a little back and forth? If Sean wasn't there, it would have allowed them to have some back and forth. Yes. She, Angela could have had this moment where she realizes she loves Sean. She could have got the same way to the same place without Sean being there. And more importantly, if Topanga was just listening in the corner without Rachel even, just watching and listening, it all of that could have just contributed to everything without it being so uh, inorganic, I guess. Correct. And well, so thank you. This is a my my big gripe with this is the fact that we have the conversation in front of Sean, even though Angela's like, I don't want to have the conversation with him. And then he says, I already told him everything. And she's like, like, excuse you? What do you mean? Again, you're violating my trust with this dude you don't know. You don't Sean know. Sean just him. came back from Pittsburgh. <laughs> he don't give a fuck, dude. He does not respect boundaries. <laughs> well, again, it's like it's nothing to do with his boundaries. It's Angela's father yeah. boundaries that I have a problem with. This is Sergeant Moore. He is telling again. No, a- totally. It's it's just like women's boundaries getting disrespected throughout. Because the same thing happens to Penguin Corey overstepped last week. And now here you have Sergeant Moore overstepping this week. It's just like like, no one just listens to these women. <laughs> no, not at all. And then, okay, so then we come to the the quote-unquote reveal, which is that Angela's mom also left her when she was young. I do like the idea of Angela having some kind of trauma with it and being like, I'm not 12. You don't get to sit and tell me that I have to have a conversation that I don't want to have. I was like, again, as you said, history there. I love it. In that little bit of dialogue, you get to learn so much about their dynamic and so much about what it was like for Angela to have that conversation with her father at that time. I love it. But I was going to say, oh yeah, the only thing I want to say is then we reveal that Angela's mother left and Angela says, I don't want to be like her. I don't want to hurt you I because I'll leave you. And I was like, no, no, no. That is not the takeaway from this because 
Sean is the one who has the habit of leaving. Sean is the one who actually left last season to find himself. Sean is the one who went to Pittsburgh, as you just pointed out, a week ago and didn't tell anyone. Sean has a history of leaving very similar to the way that her mother left. So the real thing is, you'll leave me. And if she goes, I can't because you'll leave me, and then the rest of the episode is Sean being like, I won't. I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. Then it all makes sense. The idea that Angela would be like, I'll leave you doesn't make sense because Angela has never left. Angela has been here the entire time. The person who leaves is Sean. The person who has a history of leaving is Sean. The person who will eventually leave is Sean. Like Sean is the one who leaves. So Angela internalizing that and saying, hey, I'm afraid that I will leave you doesn't make sense. And it actually pulls away from Sean having to face his own reality and his own actions. That's uh, my point. I, I don't know. I, I buy it. I buy it because the entire time that An- Sean has like left Angela, Angela's been like, fine, go. Fine, that, go. And so like it, it, it but, not, but again- not that, not that <laughs> you're wrong. I'm just saying that like, Angela has the same tendencies as Sean. So even though Sean has been the one to leave, Sean has been the one to abandon, Angela has seemingly been like expecting people to abandon and like encouraging people to leave if they don't want to stay in a way where I'm like, this aligns for me that she would see herself as like, instead of being like, I'm afraid of being hurt by Sean, I'm afraid of being the same as Sean. That's not, that's not an, an unbelievable thing to think. Do I yeah. agree that like, yet yeah, to your point, like that's probably not the thing that needs to be focused on right now? Yes. But ultimately it just feels like um, she is afraid of repeating traumas, I guess. Absolutely. If I'm going to be honest, I feel like you're stuck on the... Topanga in the background of it all and that's why you're like oh it's because like like Topanga's well no what I'm saying is that to your point like they're not writing it to best serve Angela if it was to best serve Angela I think you're right that her having abandonment issues is the way to go about it but because they're writing it to where you don't become your mom essentially that just doesn't feel like it's for her so that's why I at least in my um headcanon the reason why all this is happening is because they don't really know what to do with these characters and they're kind of sandwiching in all of these storylines together to just kind of like oh well this will help everyone learn okay it's fine but to be truthful angela shouldn't have an issue if she's so anti-commitment the way we've seen her then like her not being with Sean shouldn't be this big deal. And her dad seeing that she's not in the long-term relationship shouldn't be a big deal because this shouldn't be anything new for her. Like, it just, none of it really makes that much sense the more you start to think about it. And yeah, well, also there's like a little bit of a line where her father is like, hey, um, I'm going to be okay. I'm good. And um, it's going to, you know, like, I'm okay. And what he's basically saying is, uh, it's inferred that Angela's worried that Sean will become like her dad. And in the sense of like, her dad didn't deal with the breakup really well. And she doesn't want to do that to him. And since she has a good relationship yeah. with her dad, or at least a one where he's still in the picture, that's what she's trying to protect. And I was like, but again, that's not what we're seeing. That's what you're telling me. And I would have liked for them to explore for him to be like, Hey, 
don't let my relationship impose on you. Don't let the mistakes that I made or the fact that me and your mother were, weren't able to work it out affect your ability and capability of finding love. Like I would have liked it had we taken a little bit more journey down that road um, because I do think that they have such great chemistry that we would have had a really good time if you said we had removed everyone else and just allowed them to be um, father and daughter a little bit more. Yeah, because the truth is, is that all of the other characters have had those moments with their parents. And so it just feels like if you're going to give Angela a parent, at least make her have a moment of privacy where they can actually discuss some true trauma that they're working through. Correct. So that's, that's how I feel about it. Okay. So also something that I wanted to say is um, we wrap this up by Angela being like, Oh my God, I do love you. I've always loved you. And then she just goes immediately into Sean's arms. And I am like, Oh, like seriously, again, it would have, to me, it would have been more impactful if she would have been like, I have to go tell Sean. And she opens the door and Sean's there. Like, yeah. you know, like that's like something to where he gave her the privacy that she needed. They were able to have a good, really good moment. And then she went, she went actively to go get Sean and not, well, you are already here. And I guess I've always loved you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just, to me, it felt like, you know, sometimes. When a woman has feelings, she just needs a few men to just kind of talk her through it. You know, exactly. I mean, that's it what does. it came across as. I'm not saying that that's what I think or feel, but that's what it came across as. It's just that she was having a lot of emotions and she just needed some men to just talk to her straight. Men don't surrender. Our family doesn't surrender, Angela. Like she just needed some straight talk in order for her to finally just get it out. And Corey's like, yep, that's what that's what Tamanga needs. Just a man to set her straight. Exactly. Um, and then, okay. So then, or, oh my God, you know what I just thought of? And I don't know why. Her father is in the military. They moved around a lot. That makes way more sense of why Angela thinks that she will leave Sean. Because her father always uprooted her life and then moved them away. Yeah, her like being her a being military a, kid. A, yeah, a Navy brat, yeah. <laughs> An army brat. That that makes much more sense. That makes way more sense. And I don't know why, but it literally just clicked in my head. And I was just like, her being an, an army brat makes way more sense of her being like, oh, I'm going to leave you because I've never known stability. Again, not abandonment issues, not because my yeah. mom left. It's because I don't know how to stay in one place long enough. Like, but maybe also, they just felt like that didn't make sense because she's been here long enough. <laughs> Sean and Angela were with each other for a while. They never talked about this. Like Angela never mentioned her mom once to her. Him. Well, and apparently, according to this, that's that's like a conversation we don't talk about. Like that is so far back. Because even when her dad's there, again, she gets she gets loud with her dad. Yeah. She's like, "Excuse me, we will not be having this conversation just because you want to have this conversation." And that feels to me very much like where Angela stands on it. Um. So yeah, that's that's just how I felt. Okay, so uh, we seem to be done and wrapping up with this storyline, uh, except for the fact that we do have the fact that Rachel also seems to be team them getting back together. Even again, it's just like there were I three want... independent women though. Why five is... seconds earlier, and now Rachel's like one down, one to go. Yeah, and like even one down, one to go means that Rachel herself isn't even trying to look for love. Like, why would you be like? 
one down. I guess we're next. But yeah. she's like, no, Topanga, do you think that Corey won't immediately come once he finds out they're together? I do like this bit. It's funny because it has a lot of really good bits, but it's just like also in-universe, you are not making sense. <laughs> I feel like there were good bits in this episode. So much prop comedy. I mean, a lot of this is with the B storyline, but... It's... We're getting into B. We're about yeah, to hit yeah. B. It, it, I think... All right, yeah, let's just jump in. Okay, let's go to the B because you seem to be done with this storyline. Um, B storyline, Eric is um, apparently planning his revenge against Topanga because Topanga beat him up. And I'm not going to lie, this entire storyline, I was like, Eric is cracking. Eric is cracking. Yeah. He seems unstable. It's so much so that even Jack is just like, like he's it's played for laughs and all this other stuff, but Jack is like, I I think you should be seeing someone. I like we've talked yeah. about you going someplace because, dude, you're not doing well. I um I just want to say I feel like Eric and Jack's hair gets better every week. That's just I'm gonna <laughs> throw that out there right now. Whatever they're doing, it's getting better. Eric obsessed with Topanga and trying to beat her up. You know, I'm. It's fun. There's a lot of jokes. They have fun with is it. Is it? You seem so disinterested. You're like, <laughs> it's it, no. What I mean by that is that, like, Will, honestly, his performance is great. Like, he really does the most with what he's given. Yeah. I'm just saying that, like, again, like, it's so cartoony. Yes. Last week with the with the wrestling episode, this week with him being in a tree. Like, don't get me wrong. I laughed when she looks over and he's in the dress and the hat. And it's like, I'm like, I, I'm laughing. But it's so cartoonish. And it's yes. just like, I, I'm having a hard time understanding the tone of the show. Because it's so like, for example, for us to see a painting that's a normal painting. And then cut to the next second where Jack walks by. And it's clearly like a little 3D thing where Eric can get inside of it. I was like, oh, this is in a different world. I don't I don't know how to make sense of this. You're right. We are cartoonish because we're now messing with the laws of physics. We uh, like we have this photo. American Gothic, for those of you who don't know, yeah. that for some reason is uh, in the middle of the classroom and that has never been there before and will never be again. <laughs> um, why can't this be in the student union? That would make way more sense. Yeah. Uh, why can't this be like a hallway or something? We got a new set when we did the gym. So like there were so many things that we could have done um, that would have made more sense than what we're doing right now. And I also kind of would have liked, and I know it was probably like a set thing, but I would have liked a montage of different times throughout the day of Topanga in different locations, seeing Eric just kind of following her. Whereas what we get is this long scene in the student union where yeah. either Eric has inherited magical powers where he could be like in one place and then suddenly in another, but also we're having conversations as if it's a whole different day. Like the conversation that Feeney and Sergeant Moore have and Corey is part of, I'm like, this is all happening five seconds away from Angela who just walked away. Yeah. But Sean also just announced he's in the military. 
but also Topanga is studying on the couch right over there. Like, what is going on? Why are we in the student union for all of this? Why isn't this like a separate day? Why couldn't we have broken this up in like little chunks instead of putting it all in one almost long shot? That doesn't make sense. I also really didn't like Corey in this episode because it seemed as though Corey was just echoing Eric. Oh, and it turns out just like, you know who's the problem? Topanga. And it's just like, well, this is a lot funnier when Will does it. When you do it, it just feels like they don't know what else to do with you. It just feels like they're writing you the same as they're writing Eric this week. It's just there's no distinction between your motivations. It just feels like Topanga's the problem. We have to get her. Again, Eric is great when he's like shows up as the tree and is like, don't worry about her now or something, whatever. <laughs> he's funny. I love him in the couch. It's an infamous scene. It's a funny scene. It just doesn't lead us anywhere. There's never a point where Topanga's like, hey, enough. I'm going through something between your brother. Like, yeah. and they have a conversation where Eric's like, hey, I also had a tough year. Why don't we have these two have a real conversation? We don't. It's just giggles. Yeah. And it's cartoonish giggles. So I don't know what to make of it. Yeah. Like, it's really funny. Uh, a few things, just in terms of like the tone being off. First of all, the painting where Eric jumps out, very fun. But it also is a moment of that doesn't make sense in the sense that Topanga's late to class. Is Topanga going to be late to class? Apparently, like, Feeny didn't know Eric was in the painting. Feeny uh, uh, didn't know Eric was in the painting. And again, Feeny starts class. And Topanga walks in late. And like, but Topanga would not walk in late. Why did you do this? Except walk, for the beat. Walk through the steps that would need to happen to turn the painting into a room that you can step into the painting. I'm not, I'm going to, here's the thing. I'm going to let that be what it is. But again, if you want me to disbelieve or like let go of the laws of physics, you have to at least commit to the type of character you have. Yeah. And the idea that you would have, like, Feeny, as you said, not be aware that Eric's in there. And not, like, make some kind of, like, mention of it, of being, like, just passing Eric and being, like, Mr. Matthews on his way to the podium. That yeah. would have done a lot. And then the idea of Topanga coming in late. That would, that doesn't make sense. That's not in Topanga's character. Yeah. What are we doing? So I think the problem is, as we said last week, was like a hat on a hat. It's the situation of, you don't seem to know who your characters are anymore. And that's what's really showing. I, I Again, it's a lot of good jokes. Will is amazing in this. There's that's nothing great. against that at all. I, I'm even saying that, I, I would even say I enjoyed the cartoony elements of this episode more than last week's episode with the yes. wrestling. I felt like every element of this episode worked better than the previous two episodes we got from the season. There just still seems to be this tone where it's like, okay, we're in college and we don't really know what to do. So let's just make things zanier. Whereas in previous seasons, they would go back to the school element of it and the education element. And of like, oh, we're going to introduce a new book or there's a new project or there's something. And it just feels like they don't really know what to do in this environment where they're all like on their own and they have different classes and they live apart and just, I, I don't know, it, they're exploring it and it doesn't feel like they have a grasp on it. I agree. I agree. It, it, like, I feel like we are exploring new things, but we just haven't quite gotten a handle. And I also feel like part of this is them being like, Will will make it funny, which Will does make it funny. But after I'm done laughing at Will, I'm also like, okay, what, do, what did I just do? 
why yeah. did we just do this? What's going on? Uh, we end, I did watch the tag this week, and we end with, I mean, it looks like they couldn't even get through it. Like, I don't think they have one good take of Eric being no. in the couch. No, they laugh every <laughs> single time they talk about it. It's 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 actually really fun. Like, I love the bloopers. I, I enjoyed that probably more than the shenanigans that were actually in the episode. So I'm glad they threw it in. Absolutely. Uh, okay, anything else you want to say about this episode? Not really. I can tell. I, I, like it's yeah, you know what? I, I just like as we started talking about it, I was just like, yeah, it was okay, but I don't know that I have just a ton to talk about with this episode. You know, it's just kind of I I had so much because again, we get the military aspect of it. We yeah, get yeah, yeah. the um Topanga, not Topanga, but we do get Topanga like having her own thing to deal with with both Matthew boys. We just didn't really talk about, but Topanga is now dealing with both Matthew's boys. At the exact same time, blaming her for their problems. So she needs to just call Amy and tell her to come get her kids. Like, <laughs> get your babies. Come get your boys. I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. And then, um, like the Angela's uh, parents of it all. Like I, I, I thought this was definitely worth having a conversation about. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you that. Um, Season seven is showing. <laughs> the season seven of all uh, is showing. Uh, sure. Okay. Okay, you guys. We are now going to go to our interview. A quick little conversation with Nettie Smith from Oh Hell Yo Podcast uh, to talk about this week's episode. Everybody, give a, a round of applause. I know you're in your cars. I know you're at the gym. <laughs> I want to hear a round of applause, standing ovation for our guest, Nettie Smith. Welcome to the show, Nettie. Hey, Nettie. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much for having me back. I love you guys this is a great christmas gift <laughs> oh yeah well thank you welcome okay so Nettie, we know early on when we first spoke to you you talked about angela's men we have been talking about that episode ourselves and we want to hear what is your opinion on this episode what is your takeaway give it to us so i love this episode for many reasons um you know trina mcgee gets a great platform to show her talent um, where she gets her own stage, she gets like her moment. And the fact that she got this moment on an all white show and they were just like, let's let's bring this character up to the, the forefront and give her a story and tell us what her past traumas are and things like that. Um, that's something that I, I love to see actors cook. So yeah, um, this really gave that uh, opportunity to the viewers, um, especially like young African-American viewers who didn't know that you know they would actually spotlight an actress like this sure. um angela has always been a, a character that i loved um you know I've, I've been that character that black girl with the mostly white friends so i also <laughs> loved finding out about her dad and um we do we ever find out before this episode that her dad was in the military or anything about that no this is our first time finding out that he is a military man at least from what i can tell <laughs> yeah that's interesting. I wonder why they went that route, but um, I guess to, to like find a reason why he's not there often. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what you guys said, but there is something about the dad coming in and trying to put these two people together. We were well, literally talking yeah, about that. Yeah. He knows nothing Correct. of this situation. All he knows, it's all he knows is that his daughter doesn't doesn't love this guy anymore, and he's the guy's stalking her yes. so if you walked on campus and this is the first way you met this guy would you be like well let's talk to the friends and find out first what's going on you would actually be like oh he's 
following you and you don't love him okay well we got to figure out how to get this guy out of your life we got to we got to make sure you're safe you know as a military man yes right exactly <laughs> or like, just honest- as a person who hears a woman in distress like it, you don't have to be the military to just respect a person's like autonomy right and it's like obviously we've been watching this show for what seven seasons so right. we as viewers are like oh we love sean and angela and we would love for them to get back but we know the story you know he doesn't so the fact that he's so gung-ho about this and he's yelling at her, did he, 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 did he yell at her at the end? Like That was chill. so weird for me. He was like, you know, we don't surrender. And I was just like, this is a wild take to take right now. Your daughter <laughs> yeah, is clearly like, um, sensitive and agitated. Right. And it was it was just really weird. And especially at the beginning when um, she, he's like, uh, Sean's on the doorstep and she's like, uh, yeah, he's my ex-boyfriend. And then Sean's like, oh, you know how, you see how uh, my, you know how she, tr- see how she, tr- she treats me, my girlfriend's dad. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 not girlfriend. And then he says it, the dad says, well, no, girlfriend's dad, sir, or something. He's like, no, no, yeah. no. Yeah. She said X. Let's, let's keep going with that. Yeah. So there's a lot of weirdness with like, why was he the guy to have to do this? If he doesn't have the full story, I think it would have been better if they had had like maybe Feeney. Because he's known them since high school. He's known that couple. Um, but it was just weird that they chose Angela's dad to introduce him this way. Um, but yeah, I loved I loved the fact that we got to see uh, Trina McGee just have this spotlight and Angela have a story more than what we've seen so far. 100% agree with everything that you said. We... Um... You know, I I think ultimately how I feel after watching the episode is that I wish it was just Angela and her dad. I wish Sean wasn't nearly as involved as she was as he was. I feel like the storyline stole so many moments away from Angela and her dad's development to incorporate Sean into the mix where it could have just been Angela overcoming this trauma from her mom. And that could have been enough to like help Angela and Sean progress in their relationship. We didn't need him to be consistently there, um, you know, being a, a teacher's pet to her dad the whole time. Yeah, and he was so trying to impress him by like doing the military thing. And it was obvious and he was denying it. It's like, you wouldn't have done this if it wasn't, if that wasn't her dad. Exactly. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, uh, you said something that you reminded me of and I'm really glad because like yeah. three of us were the black people here. And the idea of him being like, uh, no, it's, ex-girlfriend's dad sir like black people don't play with that right. sir title that too of course <laughs> especially sir, in the military title. exactly especially uh, yeah absolutely and then all right so i said this earlier with tc and i want to hear your opinion of it okay. i said that it does not make sense to me that angela would be like i'm afraid that i will leave you because sean is the one who actually has a history of leaving and i didn't say this earlier but her dad is also one who leaves. As we said, he's here yeah. visiting, not for her. He's visiting to recruit, and the fact that she is here is happenstance. So the idea of Angela being like, no one in my family stays, and you will eventually leave me makes way more sense to me than Angela being like, I will eventually leave you. That's actually a good point. I never thought of that, and that's a really good perspective. Um, Sean is the one that runs off randomly. It's such a weird thing that they wrote it in a way to fit that narrative of like my mom left and I'm gonna leave you, which is like, girl, if you love him, you love him. Like, what the hell is that about? But- because they're, they're, it's not about Angela. 
all it's so not. you will not repeat your mother's relationship mistakes is a lesson for Topanga that she is Ooh. learning inadvertently in the background while she is watching this storyline play out. Because she is the only one who needs to learn that she will not repeat her mother's mistakes. To your point, Sean's the one who has the issues. If to, if Angela had severe abandonment issues, if that was played out a little bit more versus commitment issues, I feel like this could have all worked a lot better. But uh, again, I just feel like the whole you're not going to become your mom is for Topanga, which is why she's in the room when they say that. Right. And they don't even feed into that. Like, we don't get anything <laughs> with like, hmm, like, or like a, even a look from Topanga going, huh, something, yeah. you know? <laughs> so like, she heard the message. It's just... Angela, that was a weird thing. We never got that. Do we know about her mom before this happened, or is this the episode we find out about her mom? They, I think this is the episode we find out. Like we've heard previously, I think early on, Angela talks about her mom left. Um, so I do think like we have history with it, but we don't get like we know that she has issues with her parents. We don't know that her mom left when she was young, and it was very mm -hmm. reflective of Sean's story in this way. Right. We just find out of all the times they've been together and this whole time that she's afraid that she's going to to leave him. We've never heard anything about this. I don't know why they broke up. There was And this then immediately <laughs> after she's realized it, it's just like they're in each other's arms and they're together. And yeah. <laughs> it's too quick. It's a if TV, I, it's a sitcom. If yeah. I could rewind for a second, there was a moment in season five where Sean was abducted by three ex-girlfriends on Valentine's Day, <laughs> specifically because they were trying to warn Angela that like, hey, he can't be trusted. He's not the one. He will abandon you. Angela seemed perfectly fine. <laughs> like she, she ignoring <laughs> ignoring those white women and taking her man home. So I again, I mean it's the messenger too. So it's, yeah. But it's not <laughs> a consistent thing that's been throughout her relationship with Sean. Yeah, that was kind of out of the blue for that one, that that thing. Because we would have heard about this sooner. They've been together for a couple seasons now. So Nana, any more, uh Nettie, any more um points? about this particular episode that stood out to you or like why it's your favorite, just from the idea of Angela's storytelling as a fan of Boy Meets World, as someone who grew up watching 90s television, why is it that this particular episode stood out? Um, well, like I said before, I gave Angela a platform and gave Trina a platform to act and, and be able to like not be second fiddle to, to mm -hmm. the other cast members. Um, I think I said this last time when I was on that, um, you know, like I, stopped, I think I dropped out of watching maybe about original run season three-ish. And then when I found out they had a black girl on there who got the hot guy, yeah, I was like, oh my God, this is, we have, it's hope for us. It's hope for us, <laughs> for us black gr girls who like the, the hot white guy. So um, it was really great to see um, the vulnerability of that yeah. character too, of Angela. You know, she doesn't play like the aggressive, you know, uh, black woman she doesn't play the strong nothing phases me black woman she actually showed vulnerabilities and uh, dealing with that past trauma of like you know what am I gonna be in a relationship for this guy that I love so I really yeah. liked that that type of writing for her and we get Angela's ashes at the end of the season mm -hmm. um I feel like Not the writing isn't yet. as strong <laughs> in a jar um but that's another one. I think, didn't Trina say that this was one of the higher rated episodes yeah. in general? Yeah, it was, it, it was just, it was just a warm, just wonderful way to see her highlighted. And I loved it for that. 
to I feel like point, this was one of the ones that except this is a black podcast, so probably a lot of people were trying to get on for that one for this yeah. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh to your point, um, I know we're not there yet, but Angela's Ashes is kind of like the the end chapter of this story that's begun here. Like they kind of bring up the story. It, it, almost you can see them as uh, two partners in a way yeah. um, where you have her dad introduced here saying, you know, like, hey, I'm coming to visit you. And then Angela's ashes when he comes back and is like, hey, I want to bring you with me this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're just her. throwing spoilers just he all does... out really now. <laughs> <laughs> Angela's well, dad mean, doesn't even stick around this episode. He, she's he's so busy trying to recruit people for ROCC just, it felt for like a college a, it program. Felt like a cult, didn't it? <laughs> Who hates their life? Like, exactly. What? We said that. We were like, isn't this like weird that they're just like, hey, who hates their life? Oh, you do? Well, uh, do I have something for you? The U.S. military. Now it- on our front lines. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much like that that sort of feel. Um, and I completely agree with you. Uh, I like what you said about Angela being a representation of not just a strong Black woman and not just a sassy, but having vulnerability. I didn't think about that. But we yeah. do get to see Angela both be strong and determined and kind of sassy. But at the end, they actually give her a vulnerability. They actually show her break down. I don't like that they do it in front of Sean, but like right. I like that they allow her to have that moment and be human um, in a way that not all television shows allow Black women to be. Yeah. Especially on shows with mostly white casts. Um, do you have you guys tried to like get Trina on your show or anything or interview her? Oh, of course. That's like it's on our wish list for sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I was like wondering like why they decide to to go that route and write her that way um, when most shows wouldn't write a black woman that way in that you know in that time '90s. So um, they didn't if you ever see get color. If you don't remember, they didn't right. see color. She used just color a blind. woman. <laughs> remember that one time where she yeah. was Shanene Martin Luther King Boulevard, right? Exactly. Uh, we, will, we will never forget that. Uh, She's yeah. just a woman until they need her to be a black woman. <laughs> Uh, that that's uh, uh, definitely something that we'd have to go back to. Okay, Nana, we wanted to take this moment. We appreciate you uh, hopping on really quickly. Thank you for having me. Anything else you want to say to this episode? Again, we highly, highly value your opinion and your voice, and we were really happy that you were able to jump on because I know that you asked for this one specifically. Yeah, I just want to say honestly, like you guys rock, and I'm so happy to see what you guys are doing, and you oh, know, yay. thank you, getting good with the the Pod Meets World folks and all the stuff you've you guys deserve it. Like I've been listening to you guys for a while and I, you really do deserve it. And I'm happy to see you guys uh, dealing or being at all this events and talking to blood men. And, Oh, it's like so great. And yeah, Glad you're back doing the the episodes again. So yay! yay. Right? <laughs> Thank you. We're so happy the strike is over and we can jump back in. Uh, obviously, yeah. this is our, our swan song. This is our last season. So we're yeah, season seven. We're gonna be, to... There's some things I'm waiting yeah, to hear you guys. I've been told. I've been told. <laughs> uh, but we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much for hopping on. Thank you so much Thanks for having so me. Thank you, Nettie Smith, for coming on this Thank week's you. episode uh, and giving us your opinion. We always value you guys. That leads us to our bra moment. What is the bra moment that you have? Bra moment for this episode would probably be uh, um, 
Angela's dad interfering in her love life without taking a second to just check in with his daughter that he clearly hasn't seen or spent a lot of time with. There was no just like, who are you as Angela? It was always just like, well, what about this guy? Like, yeah. why aren't you checking in on me, dad? Like, I again, not a huge bra moment, not like an outward bra moment, but just the one where I was just like, I don't understand your motivation throughout any of this. I agree. My bra moment is really going to be the idea of him siding with this strange boy over his daughter Mm -hmm. that just feels so weird and so not right for any father really let alone a father who's in the military who has a black daughter or a white like and this white boy won't leave her alone like i just feel like that's something we gotta address Uh, and the idea that we did it just it felt fell off uh feeny lesson what, what is your feeny lesson uh you will not re- you you are not destined to repeat the mistakes of your parents i guess is the lesson we're supposed to walk away with it's the lesson that i think uh is supposed to be sergeant moore's main motivation the reason why he is so invested in angela he's afraid that she's going to repeat our i don't know maybe be negatively affected by the trauma of her youth and the idea that she just needs to be reminded that like hey you do not have to repeat this generational trauma I think there's cleaner ways they could have got that story across, but that's ultimately, I think, the lesson. Absolutely. Uh, okay. Um, Did, you have, say, my, Did you have my one? my my Feeny lesson is going to be. I actually feel it's something closer to what um, Feeny actually says to Sergeant Moore, which I like. I think you're right in like the lesson, but I I like the takeaway of I've seen Sean overcome every obstacle in his life, has thrown at him, and grow up to be one of the finest young men I know, and like this idea of Sean being someone who constantly overcame the limitations that life has gave him and and that being the conversation that allows Sergeant Moore to actually look at this a little bit differently. Yeah. I think that that is actually something of like, hey, we overcome things. We don't just give in to them. Sure. That, that was kind of like what I want to take away. And finally, what grade? Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. I'm give it a B minus. I didn't. I didn't hate it, but it it was def. It was better than. It's the best season seven episode we've gotten so far. I'll say that. Okay. Is it an episode that I think competes with the core, like the season three, four, and five? Not at all. But even season six, I'm like, I I think I would still take this episode over some of the shenanigans of season six. I like Angela having an episode. Period. Yeah. So for that reason, I'll give it a B minus. I'll give it a B minus as well. Um, I I had a lower grade, I'm not gonna lie, but I feel like there's enough here, and this is definitely me being gracious and giving it for the potential that it could be. But mm-hmm. I still feel like there is enough here, and it is really good. And even though the B line is complete wacky and doesn't make sense at all, will will actually moved it from like a C plus to a B minus just oh. his own acting ability and his ability to kind of have a breakdown, but in a way that we are all enjoying so much so that even the cast couldn't keep it together. 
Yeah, I'm enjoying his breakdown, even though it's not the breakdown I wish we were having with him. I wish that we were getting something more fulfilling. It seems like he's going to be all just there for comedic relief, which is fine. It just feels like they kind of abandoned the emotional stakes of this character. Absolutely. Okay, you guys. So before we move on, want to have you guys remember to follow us at Rummy's World on the socials, subscribe to our YouTube, join us on our Patreon. Hey, did you guys know that if you have a problem with all the ads that you've constantly been getting, guess what? Our Patreon's ad-free. So if ad you want free. an ad-free experience, join us on Patreon where we have extended versions behind the scenes. We have some great content over there. Um, and Hey, do you know where I like to listen to my ad-free episode? Where? In my Hyundai Tucson. No. <laughs> <laughs> a little ad read here, I love it. Um, but we will also be um doing our red on Reddit um section there. So if you want to hear what we have to say, okay. Now we are doing our homework. What homework do you have? Um, you know, I saw a British television show called Misfits. It's very old. A bunch of people have probably already seen it. I don't know yes. if you have. Yes. Um, but I just saw it for the first the first episode this week, and I just thought it was so good. It's just uh, you know, these five um kids who are doing community service end up getting superpowers. Um, but it's just very British. I just love watching stories that are told through a different lens than the traditional American lens that we get. We're able to see Absolutely. different kind of personality types you know i feel like in american movies we kind of see the same type of uh characters over and over again just kind of thrown into different situations and i just love like when we saw rrr just like anything yeah. like that that just has an international lens to it it just brings something different to storytelling um and you know i'm not actually i often struggle with british television and entertainment in general the accents oh, really? throw me off as uh, okay. i'm understanding them um okay. also british accents will put me to sleep I really? mean, like, yeah, if I want to watch like The Crown, it'll put okay. me straight to sleep. I also wow. cannot, and I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. I have never been able to get through a Game of Thrones episode without falling asleep. Really? This I is so I interesting. Really I really do so not much. know what it is. That British, like, medieval culture in general is not my bag. It's just something I have no interest in. The Middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, none of that shit interests me. But. Mm separate from that there are things about british entertainment that i really love and i love when they do comedy i love when they do horror i love when they do um you know just more creative things and i think misfits is just the perfect thing for that so if you haven't watched this movie that came out oh this show that came out like 10 years ago called misfits it's great check it out i just found it and i liked it so i love that you said i absolutely adore misfits uh especially the first few seasons uh it's it definitely is one of those shows as well where it's like the more that you watch it the more you're like you guys had a really good first few season ideas okay yeah <laughs> i'll yes. give you that but like after i think like season three it really starts to just show itself so no shows there uh absolutely I, I i love it okay um for my homework i am going to say i don't think i've said this previously but i am watching season five of fargo mm. yeah it is, it's really good. They, they're calling it the wife season um, without giving too much away, but it really is doing a really good exploration. I love that this Fargo anthology series really understands what Fargo is supposed to be about or what the lessons that Fargo was trying to say and the commentary it was trying to have on the world that we live in and that they've been able to, for five seasons, make really good television. Sure. That 
each is telling a completely original story, but all feels connected and all feels really good. So yeah, Fargo season five. Um, Juno Tempo is in it, who is from um, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm. Uh, she plays like the main character. We also get John Hamm in it, who plays a lawman. Um, there are lots of really fun characters, lots of really good people, but definitely check it out. It's really good television. Uh, my husband was very much like, I don't know if I could do Fargo. I don't know if I could do And then the first episode, he was like, this was just really good television. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He was like, this is like really good storytelling. I was like, yeah, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> it got him. I think it'll get you. Dope, dope. I'll have to check it out. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, join us next week as we actually next week are going to be doing our best of 2023 episode so you're going to want to check that out there's so much homework that we were not able to talk about because of the strike and we will be able to talk about in next week's episode uh, and then so right excited after- to finally get into like this six month period of entertainment that we weren't able to discuss it was so hard to find literally anything other than talk about we couldn't talk about barbie like we, yeah. like we had a whole episode for barbie lined up for you guys you have no idea we went to the premiere exactly. we were going to talk about it and then it just got canceled last minute so i'm excited to finally get into that shit absolutely so if you guys want to hear our thoughts on barbie or any of the other stuff that came out of uh, this year make sure that you check out next week and then after that we will be back to covering season seven just want to tell you guys that uh reach out to us on socials at Barbie's world as we say um we are all of the platforms subscribe join us on our patreon check out our merch Thank you guys so yeah, much. Yeah, it is not too late to get your merch in for Christmas, guys. It's there. People <laughs> want it. They want their Brummies World hoodies and they want their Brummies World mugs. Make sure you stuff your stalking with a little bit of bruh. Yeah, and absolutely. To that point, if you join our Patreon, you get 25% off of all merch. So uh, join our Patreon. That's 25% kind of what we're off, you say. Those are Black Friday sales <laughs> in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> Black Friday sales for merch and again ad free. So we think it's worth it. Go check us out. You guys, thank you for hanging with us this week. Uh and remember, as Feeny always says, dream, cry, and do good. Later bros. Later bros. Later bros. <laughs> This episode of Brummie's World was produced by Siege and edited by Tony Curtis. Brummie's World is a two free tokens media production. Bye. Bye. When the spawn meets world.